five in the eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new? Good morning. Well, somehow or other, we've done it. You're listening to the 400th edition of Five in the Eye on Colourful Radio. This is Phil Woodford in London, and I'd like to say a big thank you to our two resident lawyers, Bob Makara and Colin Shanike, for standing in for me over the past couple of weeks. And joining Phil for this landmark show today, it's me, Michael Ohujuru, revealing that we have a very special guest. It's none other than the playwright, author, media personality, and everybody's favourite intellectual, Bonnie Greer. We'll welcome her properly in just a minute. And for our first story, we're going to be looking at the so-called Windsor Framework for Northern Ireland. Has Rishi Sunak, Sunak found a way out of the post-Brexit impasse? And why is the Biden administration so interested in developments on the other side of the Atlantic? Five in the eye. Our second story this week is the hullabaloo over words getting changed in books. First, it was Roald Dahl being made politically correct for the 21st century. And then there were reports of James Bond author Ian Fleming having his words both shaken and stirred. A central adaptation for a modern audience or the woke rewriting of history? And what's story number three today? Well, it's our old friend ChatGBT. School students taking particular exams will be allowed to get the talkative AI to write essays for them. Hmm. For our fourth story, there's been a revival in medieval medical cures, such as leeches and maggots. Michael probably remembers them from the first time round. And to conclude the show this week, it's the man who spent nearly 3,000 consecutive days visiting Disneyland. He's entered the Guinness Book of World Records. That was no Mickey Mouse effort on his part. And that's this week's Five in the Eye. Five in the Eye. Well, we're going to kick off this week by introducing our very special guest, uh, Bonnie Greer, who we trailed at the, the start of the show. Bonnie, what, what is there to say about you that uh, people don't already know from your many media appearances? Um, playwright, author, uh, as, as we said at the, 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 the top of the show, everybody's favourite intellectual. Uh, you're very welcome back to really? Five in the Eye. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Great to be back. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Michael. We're going to kick off this week with uh, Northern Ireland because we've moved apparently very quickly from the world of the the so-called protocol to now something called the the Windsor Framework, Um, a name that I think might might possibly be more inclined to appease unionists than to to satisfy (laughs) nationalists. Uh, the Windsor framework. And the idea is that we're going to make it easier for goods uh, that are just for use uh, for sale in Northern Ireland, coming from Great Britain, just to sail through on a green lane, while goods that are bound now for uh, the Republic of Ireland and the EU, they would they would still have checks done. Um, there's something called the the Stormont break, another great piece of jargon where maybe if we get the Northern Ireland Assembly up and running again, they would have a chance to to block or delay uh, further pesky EU rules. And that was a sop to the DUP in in uh, in Northern Ireland. The DUP, of course, famously. Had- when did that happen, Michael? When did that happen? Would it feel? When did that happen? When were they told that? Well, I, I, I think the, the DUP. Uh, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know when 
when exactly the, the all the negotiations with them have taken place and how happy they're going to be with it all, Bonnie. I mean, what did you make of all this? And and also, we're quite interested, I think, in in the role that America plays in all of this, because obviously from the Bill Clinton era with the, the Good Friday Agreement right through to the present day, the, the Biden administration very keen to keep that open border and take quite a strong you know, interest in this issue, don't they? Well, you know, it's first of all, uh, <laughs> you know, unless I, Northern Ireland will be under the jurisdiction of the uh, European Court of Justice. Now, they say, um, oh, only like 3% of the laws will be, you know, would, would go to the European Court of Justice. Well, it doesn't matter if there's 0.001. I mean, there, the this is the only part of the United Kingdom. That is under the would be adjudicated by this court. Now, you know, that's why Brexit is absurd. I mean, literally absurd. It is, it is absurd. Now, you got one part of this country that's going to be in that situation, and they're not, they're not telling people that. You know, that's the first thing. So, you know, the Windsor framework, which they drag poor King Charles as if he's got enough on his plate into this thing, which they never should have done. Because that's really unconstitutional. That's just really awful. And then they they bring him to shake hands with the European president, which was, you know. And then this thing called the Windsor Framework to appease a party that will not sit down in the assembly so that the, 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 pro, the province can have a government. Mm. But they have no government. Because the DUP refuses to sit with Sinn Féin, which, which has the majority. I mean, it's just... So now we have this absurdity called Brexit, which is ridiculous. And this thing now with these lanes, you know, it'll probably work. But the other part of the scenario is that Northern Ireland will have better food than the rest of the United Kingdom. I mean, you know, I mean, they can. They can have it. They can get that food. So it's going to all, I, I don't know what's going to happen. It's its such a mess. And uh, it's such a con that I think that, you know, people might blow up at some point uh, about it because it's, it's you know, I, I, actually the Ursula van der Leyen called Rishi Sunak, Dear Rishi, which I thought was very clever. I mean, because, you know, they won. Europe won this. They won this oh, round. So won. it's as simple as that. that. When you say they won, you know. Well, I'm, well, I'm a work remainer. So what I mean is I they they nailed this. Okay, as far as I'm concerned, and they and they and they they did. It was the only way it could go. No, you, so you, I'm I'm you know they should never have left. I mean Brexit is insane as far as I'm concerned. No, no, you, you're so right, and it's really quite. I have to smile when, when Rishi says Northern Ireland has got the best of both worlds. That's a horrible thing to say. You know, that. I mean, look at Scotland, which voted Remain. They exactly. got nothing. Exactly, they yes. got nothing. <laughs> so they must be sitting there going, wait a minute. So I don't know. You know, Rishi Sunak lives on some planet, and he looks like he does, where I don't know what's going on there, but it's, it's you know, this happy place that he thinks the world is. I mean, that's a horrible thing to say. I mean, you know, it's, it's sort of like, um, you know, you got four kids. And one of them gets a prize, and you say the other three who get nothing. Oh, you should call, you should applaud your brother because look what he's got. Well, I don't think so. So That's it's 
I don't know what I. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Do you know, exactly. know you say he's on another planet? I, I, I'm I'm really with you because he, well, he's always said I'm a Brexiteer. No, but he's, no. he's never had any of that no, that, no. that Brexit here because no. there's an anger and a stupidity of Brexit. Right, exactly. So no, it's no. kind of a single his, his whole his whole background and and the kind that the, you know the investment banking and so on would all suggest to me that you know he he would really be much of a Brexiter. Not of not, by the, not. not he by needs, the standards you, of the not by no, the standards of the headbangers he needs in the European No. But see, the problem with Brexiteers, not all of them, but the ones that come to the forefront, is it's sort of like the gun lobby in the United States. I mean, you can say, oh, my God, you know, you shouldn't have um, a 14-year-old able to get an assault weapon. Um, and then they go, right, but they have the right to bear arms, you know, as this guy mows down his classmates, you know. And this is, you know, you there's not a rational space. To talk to a real hardcore Brexiteer about anything, the space does not exist. So when you say to them, oh, you know, well, the European Court of Justice, and look what you've done. You've given Northern Ireland this privilege. What about the rest of the United Kingdom? What do you think they feel? They don't care. Mm. Well, what do, you, do, do you think, Bonnie? I mean, there the, the, the did seem to be a better than expected reaction amongst Tory MPs, if you go by uh, media reports. And the DUP is probably the more problematic group. And these are people who supported Brexit, but they've never accepted any of the consequences of Brexit. I mean, it's a most peculiar position. They never uh, they never have any practical solutions. They're always against things and never in favour of anything. I mean, do you think that Sunak has done enough to bring these people on board to get the Stormont government up and running again? Uh, and if he hasn't, what's the attitude from the states regarding all of this and the potential undermining of maybe the Good Friday Agreement? Well, first of all, Sunak isn't going to get Stormont to do anything. I mean, he's not their kind of guy. So that's just not going to really happen. Um, this deal, they don't, as far as I know, as I speak, they don't actually like it. So, you know, Sunak is not going to get them, you know, anywhere. Um, and, and in 2019, I said on Question Time, and it went viral, that, you know, America's Irish. You know, Joe Biden is an, is Irish. That's part of the identity that he, he holds on to. He's a, other ethnicities, but his Irish one he relates to. Bill Clinton has Irish identity. The leader of the Speaker of the House has Irish identity. And these people, you know... In, in in my city of Chicago on St. Patrick's Day, they dye the river green. It's a horrible thing to do, but it is. It happens. Everybody puts on their little green hats and shamrocks. We're all old something, you know, old Greer or whatever. You know, it's awful. But that's that's how people feel. So for them, there is no such thing as Northern Ireland. It's Ireland. And anything that threatens the Republic or the Republic's right to exist it ain't it ain't gonna happen. And Joe Biden has already said, if you want a free trade arrangement with the United States, you know, aka a trade deal, do not mess with the Good Friday Agreement. It's simple as that. It's not it's not complicated. So people think that's a joke, but there, you know, Ireland is a big deal in the United States, mm -hmm. and it's not gonna look good if Ireland is in any way shafted. So that you know, they have to get this sorted. So that Ireland is not in a situation because they don't care about Northern Ireland, but if Ireland is not in a situation where it is 
have to confront the border situation again. I mean, that's what everybody's trying. Well, people got any sense are trying to avoid a border. You got a border, then you're going to have people on it, and then you're going to have people who are pissed off about it. You have, you know, that whole mess will start again, and they don't want it. Five in the eye. We're going to go on to story number two now. This is uh, mm. we've had in the same week. Ian Fleming is being rewritten. And Roald Dahl's been written. So you've got adult books being rewritten because apparently in Fleming there's racist language, so it's not appropriate. So sensitivity readers have made them more accessible, more approachable. And they've done the same at Roald Dahl. They've made it, more, more again, more accessible to, for children. You know, like you know, you know, like the word fat, that's, that's not appropriate. You know, it, I, was, I was just, when I read this, I thought, this is so bad. And, they, and, you know, they, they bring up the W word, woke. Be, the people then accuse, oh, you're being woke. And I'd say, listen, this is not woke. This is stupidity. Absolutely stupid. They're trying to rewrite history. You know, that, that you know in the 60s, we were racist, or people wrote racist books. Roald Dahl was not an unpleasant man. He was kids an like anti-Semite un- and everything yeah, else. And, 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 and kids like unpleasant people. Well, of they course like they do. Fat, and, then, and then they take it out of us. You know, we were civilized out of it. But the, yeah. the thing is, if you're going to rewrite a writer, you got to be as good as that writer. It's not a matter of putting it in a computer or having somebody, um, um, you know, some copywriter. You you have to be as good as that writer if you're going to do it. And no, um, Bunny, Bunny, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me root into it. You can't rewrite the writer. That's it. We've moved on now. You can well, write you know, your book. You, yeah, you can, but, but please do. Please well, do. but, but you know, the you thing know. is, it's, you know, this is business, okay? Roald Dahl's uh, estate gets $340, 350000000 million a year. So they're not going to go, wait a minute, we have to keep it the way it is because they will not sell those books. So they're going to lay back and let this silly stuff happen. And um, and Ian Fleming and everything else. But these are states they are saying yes because... We don't want to lose the revenue. Now, unfortunately, uh, people are going to be reading these books with with band-aids on them. And the book is of its time. It's of its Thank person. You. Thank you. And, and that's what, but, but you can't, but this is all business, Michael. This is all business. This isn't about anything else. This is, as they say in The Godfather, strictly business. So if you want to lose $350 million a year, because you want to you, you want to hold the integrity of the writing, most people, the lawyers would say, uh, no. A, because 85% of the people who buy the books don't read them all. So if you are going to fight over a book, you might as well fight over a book that people are going to read. Most people don't read a book all the way at the end. They don't do that. Mm. So I guess that's a, that's a very I, they, don't, they, don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't. They get the book. Um, they skim through it and then that's it. So I guess these estates thought, well, yeah, why should we lose three quarters of a million a year or or three quarters of a billion a year because somebody wants to fight over a word? But but, but, but look, Bonnie, what was it? Ray Bradley, I'm going to quote Ray, Brad, Ray Bradley. And he says, <laughs> you know, what was it? I, I wrote it down. He says, it's more than one way to burn a book. More than one way to burn the book. And that's well, what that's what's here. happening. Sure, it's happening. But as I said, and it is despicable, it's stupid, and it actually waters down the book. But this is business. These mm-hmm. estates, they're not, they're, they aren't, they aren't fighting back. I, none of them, because they want to sell, keep selling these books. 
I mean, and it should be that. There is an issue, isn't there, about mm. you know people's comfort zone in seeing their kids read particular things. We're here, we are in 2023. Um, parents looking at what their kids are reading, or maybe things that they are reading to their kids. I mean, I remember, for instance, reading to my kids when they were young, reading Mark Twain, and feeling distinctly uncomfortable. Um, and not quite knowing how much I should balderize or sanitize what he'd written because I was concerned about the impact on my kids. Is that an issue, Bonnie? Well, I, you know, I don't have any children, so I, I, I respect what you say. Um, and, and kids are very vulnerable. But, you know, um, I read a lot of stuff when I was a kid, and I'm okay. So it's it's like um, you know your children, every individual's children is their responsibility and how they feel about wanting their child to be brought up, what what they want their child to read. But I, you know, I read some stuff that now would be considered out of order when I was five and seven and ten. I'm okay, but you know, I, you can't tell people that. You know that that's not they're not here for that. Um, you know you. You, the 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 whole purpose of of it is, you know, if you have a great writer like a Conrad or something like that, where people want to, I mean, title one of his books, a Conrad, people would like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we can't stop that. Um, the book is a great book, and so what do you do? I mean, you can't change a man's title, so you have to not let people read the book. So it's 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 um. I, mean, I can understand why people are upset about words and books, but that's part of what teaching is. You teach people this is the way it was. It's not like that now, but you need to see the way the book was instead of having it dusted over and repainted and sanitized. But like I say, I you know I'm not a parent. I don't have to make those decisions every day. I don't know. I mean, you know, partly also, um, you know, we're in a world where we got TikTok. We have kids who are on the phone, on their phone, scrolling every second. The mm. pe- people don't know what their kids are looking at. They have no idea. They think no, they no, do. No, 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 Bunny, you're so right. I remember we, we didn't give my son a, a gun. He never made. He never saw a gun. But the day after he went to nursery class, nursery, nursery school. He made a gun out of Lego. Yeah, kids are interacting, you know. So you yeah, think you can, you know. can, you can't create a bubble. The kids, what the kids are out yeah. there, they're interacting, yeah. and the, the internet makes yeah. it even more. Even oh, it's all out there. I mean, TikTok is, you know, I mean, I saw something on TikTok the other day that was, it was ridiculous, and it got 1.5 million views. So somebody, a whole bunch of people are immersing this woman's idiotic theory about Neanderthal. And th- I can't even go into it. It no, was, no, it, it, but, but, but it was you, unbelievable. Just, just before we finish this, did, you, I, 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 what's your view on what, what the DeSantis is doing in in Florida and banning these African history books because they make his they make the children feel uncomfortable. And we well, you know, they call them uh, Ron de Santos. You know, I mean, that's what that's what the Nazis did. I mean, it's plain and simple. I'm surprised that nobody has accused him of being a Nazi. I mean, maybe that's not what they do in America, but that's just totally out of the Nazi playbook. That is out of the book burnings of 1933 playbook. It's classic. And when a, a, a 
a dictator basically wants to shut down a society, first they go for the books. I'm I would love to know what black people are doing in Florida um to fight this because Florida was a horrible place during the civil rights movement. I mean, I I I've never wanted to go there because it was so bad in the 60s for black people. So I just wonder what they're doing. And I'm sure they are doing a lot, but you know, these he, he, he stripped the board of this one state college and put these conservatives in. It's just, mm. I mean, it's, it's SS tactics, and somebody should say it because that's what it is. Five in the eye. Story number three this week is our favorite AI, ChatGPT, which seems to be in the news um, at every conceivable moment at the, uh, right, right now. And um, in The Guardian, it was reported that. Um, students who are studying the international baccalaureate are going to be allowed to use chat gpt um, and quote content created by it in their essays now this international baccalaureate is an alternative to a levels and hires um but apparently it's clear that you know it's been made clear to the students that they've got to um cite the the chat boss and say that they, they've used it and, and so on but um, Michael and I have been experimenting with this quite a bit recently, Bonnie. And the absolute rubbish that this thing churns out in, in factual terms is nobody's business. I mean, it's, a, it's an incredibly impressive language model in the way that it can interpret your requests and conduct a plausible conversation with you. But it's talking absolute nonsense a lot of the time. Why on earth would we allow this? Um, to be used by students and to think that somehow or other um, the art of asking it the right questions is somehow comparable to getting the kids to write something themselves. Well, partly, uh, Phil, is because, and I'm, I'm not a teacher, but I have friends who are in university, education has become a transactional activity. You, you know, you give me my grade, uh, that's your job, and how I get my grade is my job. So you just grade my paper and uh, that's it. And, and it's becoming, people are becoming younger and younger. School is supposed to do, school for them is supposed to be a vehicle through which they go on to whatever their careers or whatever. Your job is to be, as a teacher, is to be the delivery system. Now, if if they can be helped by a robot, what difference does it make, they say, because that's the right answer. That's the end game is the right answer. So if the bot gives them the right answer, then ain't that what it's supposed to be about? The right answer? Not about your brain, not about your mind, not about your writing voice, not about your cognitive abilities, not about your ability to, to reason. It's the it's about the right answer. So that's that's what is happening. And these teachers. I mean, the United States tenured teachers are being fired because students are going to the, the, the you know, board going, this class is too hard and we can't get our degree. So this guy or this woman is out, you know, which in our day was like, what? So it's, but that's happening. People, students will confront you and you sit there. Um, they'll say, well, we are, we are going to do this. We don't want to study this. And, you know, I mean, my generation, uh, who came up in the late 60s and 70s at university, we started this mess, okay? So we can't complain. We start the teach-ins. We start all this. 
when, you know, I, I helped lock down my university and we taught some rubbish. And what are the teachers going to do? Like fight us? They didn't. So this is all part of the evolution of the transactional nature of universities. Partly it's why you see a lot of changes in your university diversity. It's not because they want to do it. It's because they, if they don't, then they might lose that university. So it's all business, as the Godfather says. I quote him again. <laughs> it's all strictly business. Now, Michael's a big fan of ChatGPT normally, but Michael, you think maybe a line's being crossed here with the idea it's okay? Definitely, for definitely. Because it says, how can you quote a source which is not a primary source or a secondary <laughs> source? What kind of source is AI? Because the AI gets its stuff from out there somewhere. So you've got to go where the information comes from. And that, for me, I have no problem in using AI, but with a critical eye, understanding what's being told to them rather than just accepting it as fact. Because we, as you and I know, a number of times when we looked at AI, it kind of gets it almost right. But it's not, it's not never a hundred percent. There's always a little bit of stuff in the way you know, mm -hmm. that they're not quite right. So yes. Hey, let's but bring it's not in. sentient. It's not sentient, Michael. It's not sentient. It can't. It can't move past its algorithms. So that you know. So the algorithms are are set and based on certain things that the the mechanism can't go past it. Uh, and, you know, you have to play with it. Somebody else has to play with it who invented it to make it go past. But it, it's it's not going to do that. What do, you think about, what do you think about exactly. the article, Bonnie, that says, look? Kids are now moving into a world where different skill sets are required. You know, in the past, they used to have to be able to kind of, you know, write um, write stuff themselves, generate it themselves, because they were going to go into jobs where they were expected to do that kind of thing. Now they're going to go into jobs where they're not going to have to do anything themselves because they're going to be using the AI in their jobs. I mean, this seems like a real thin end of the wedge kind of argument to me, but I see it put forward on social media and uh, in, in, by some serious commentators. I mean, do you buy that? Well, you know, the main thing that we, we have is we have this, we have a very quite glorious brain that's evolved over millions and millions of years. It's quite a wonderful tool. And the more little machines that we make uh, to do our thinking, the less the little brain will do. Um, and so we can't actually grow. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm for expanding the human brain and the human, you know, human capacity. And you can't with all of these algorithmic toys and helping helpmates and whatever's floating around. You don't get a chance to think. I mean, I'm on the screen more than I should be. It's ridiculous. You can get on here and there's, well, it's like five hours later and you don't realize you've been on the stupid you know, so it's 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 um it's something that I think we have a chance to modulate, but we don't have much of a chance to modulate because this is a generation, especially Generation Z, they don't have any other life outside the screens and the phones. But isn't that, isn't that what they should be being taught? How to modulate, how to use it? It's a tool. I talk about AI as assisted inspiration. Mm -hmm. It's it's one up from a blank piece of paper. Mm -hmm. You know, you right. It can block. it can be, right but you want to make yeah? sure you want to make sure uh, because of the, the way it's a lot of social media and and these things are built. 
they're built, it's like they're built to make you come back. You got to come back. You have to come back again. They never let you go because if they let you go, then that's the end of them. So they always have to have you come back. And the way they, they make you come back is to build drama. So it's always an edge going on with this. It's never, ever um, a settled thing. You never see a social media particularly or any of these things saying, thank you for working with us. Have a nice life. They never do that. They want you to keep coming back and back and back and back and back. Then what happens is you start to doubt your own capacity. And that, I think, is yeah. the is the last, that's the bad part. No, no, see, and that's what's, yeah. no, I agree. And see, and that's what's happening with young people now, particularly girls, where you begin to doubt your own capacity. Like some woman I saw, a young woman who is uh, Asian, and she's, you know, she's come out with um, Indian Indian descent. And she's come out with a beauty line where she wants to celebrate the beauty of Asian women because she's been on covers and everything. And then you look at this woman. She looks like a white woman. Oh, but she doesn't. But see, but yeah. she she's taken yeah. the beauty, the beauty standard. Mm. And and she thinks because she's of Asian descent, mm. somehow it's it's moved in some other space. It hasn't. But you can't, you know, you 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 can't say that to people and they be conscious of it because their lives are wrapped up in their phones and in their screens. So they can't see outside of it. And I think we, our generation, certainly mine, is probably the last one to be able to make a warning about this. It, it may be too late. But I looked at this woman. And she looked like a white woman. Well, it's eight, you know. So I and and so she she she's getting a lot of traction. At the same time, she's selling an image that mm. is European, and mm. she's supposedly selling goods that are to help Asian women. But she's not aware of that because mm. the beauty the beauty standard is that. So it's all of these things that an app cannot ask you about. You know, a social media account cannot actually have the room to ask you about that. And and we probably are at midnight in relation to, um, like, I, I, I saw some commercial that I really love this commercial, um, and it's for some kind of company. And, and and they have these little kids on it. They're about seven. And they, they, they go around saying, I wish I could make an app so I can understand what my dog is saying. I wish I could make an app so I could see my dreams. I wish I could make an app mm. so that I could make some ice cream. Always when I open the refrigerator, there's ice cream. I wish I could make an app where that does my homework. And you think to yourself, okay, you make an app to understand what your dog is saying. Where's the space, the creative space between you and that dog? where the connection happens. If you just know everything the dog is saying, but they don't think like that anymore. That is like, everything has to be solved and every wound has to be healed. And that's the, that's the age that we're in. Bonnie, that, 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 that's quite heavy now. You know, you, you, you put a very depressing spin on it. Terms well, of it's what now. it is, you know. I, and like I, I said, I don't even have any I kids would, and I can see it. I, I would argue something different now. Okay. You've got to teach your kids that these these are the tools. These are tools to help us progress in life. 
to help us understand the world better. Help us. But understand Michael, it, who it, is it, us? It. See, see, that's my question. Who is us? See, if you say these are tools to help us progress, who is the us? And 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 that's what these these um, social media and everything is challenging. Who is the us? If you decide that you don't like Meghan and Harry, you're off a whole lot of networks. Okay, oh, no, so no, you I, know, I get, I get where you're coming from, but but I, I would argue a key part of it, and this is a difficult. This we need good teachers for yeah, you to be for you to be the first of you to be an individual, and that and and that, and that's a challenge now with so much group think. And collectivity and following and, and being followed. But Michael, you got kids. Do they want to be individuals? I mean, your kids do, but I'm asking as a general question. I mean, oh, I don't know God. if they do. I'm, See, I'm, and I'm, they're I'm the first generation I've ever encountered. They, 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 they're asking that question. They all, they all want to be part of the They all wear the same shoes, the same yeah. t shirt, the same. Uh, yeah, their hair but, but, but is the funny, same. Funny, well, this is a big subject now. We started AI, we got the whole generation of kids who seem to be lost. No, we're not. You know, I live in the West End. And I'm telling you, every I go out on Oxford Street every day. All of these kids look exactly the same. Now, maybe they did when I was growing up in the 60s. Maybe we all looked exactly the same. I don't know. We probably did. But this, this is deep to me. I'm just like, I, I stand I guess, and look I at guess- well, I think, I think we can all together. we can all agree we can all agree that we've touched on some deep stuff here. But unfortunately, <laughs> being the shallow show that Five in the Eye is, we need to move on to story number four. Five in the Eye. Story number four. Now, when I saw this headline, I thought, "What was it?" The headline says, "Medieval medicine: the return to maggots and leeches to treat ailments." I thought, "What's going on here?" But when you read it, it's really fascinating. Like the maggots. Maggots really helping because you know in these days of antibiotics now the fact that we're running out of antibiotics they they can they eat bacteria they eat mm-hmm. dead skin and they were eating dead skin for the aborigines tens of thousands of years ago so this is proven can I use the word technology you put these maggots onto a wound and it gets makes it better in fact there's a figure well they that... eat you they eat, eat you too <laughs> exactly <laughs> eat the dead you... bits of you the dead no bits. well they eat everything you know they, how how do you control it you know that's well, well, the thing okay this, this, this is why we have doctors who can you know, you know withdraw the maggots you know send the maggots mm-hmm. in because what, what was interesting it says here that there's been an increase of 47 percent in maggots being used by the NHS. Now, just actually give the figure in terms of patients or numbers of maggots, but it says it's on the increase. You know, and the same with leeches. It talks about leeches. I always associated leeches with your know, 18th century medicine with these Well, it's true. They take your blood out of you and everything. Yeah. But, but, but if it works, it's natural. Why not? You know, the maggots are going to get us in the end anyway. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, start I mean, they, yeah, get, get, get used to it. I mean, I, I'm a bit. Sorry. I, mean, I, I can sort of get the idea of the maggots because uh, you know uh, we we have got all these kind of uh, antibiotic resistant bugs and and so on. And if mm. this is a way around that, well, you know that's all well and good. But uh, the bleeding of people. I mean, that, surely, surely to goodness that was that 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 was based on very weird scientific uh, or pseudo scientific. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's about circulation, about increasing circulation. Oh, There's really? That's what they say. They say the leeches. Don't be such a skeptic. So the well, do you, do you, well, do you think that well, if I 
if I go down to my local GP in the near future, you know, the normal response of a classic NHS GP is obviously uh, take paracetamol, get plenty of rest, drink plenty of fluids, come back in a week if you're not any better. Do you think that now that will change to be kind of leeches and, and, and maggots, Michael? <laughs> The short answer is no, it won't. Yeah, because well, you know, because they, because I mean, the, these things are expensive. They cost. They're, they're well, that's the other rent. thing, Michael. That's precious. the other point. This is rich people's medicine. Okay, well, no, I, I you're mean, just going to have a that. maggot on you. Not I mean, you have a leech on. on you. Yeah, my, right. this is rich people's stuff. You're going to have a leech on you. You're going to go out and find a leech, and they have to control the leech, and yeah, they got to feed the leech, and yeah, then they give the then and then technicians are have to be there to make sure the leech does not over leech. And so you know, it's like. <laughs> it, this is rich people's medicine. No, no. Um, for me, this is this is um, climate change in action here, respecting the planet, low impact medicine, and it's the real deal. It's very human, and it, it goes I, back centuries. And it I just... don't have any problems with it, but we have to control. You know, it has to be under control. Yeah, I mean, because I can't help feeling like I, 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 still, I can't help feeling on the on, on the NHS. You know, they put the leeches on, they forget they had, and a couple of weeks later, they'd remember again. Um, you well, know. Yeah, yeah, that could happen. That could happen. You know, you you wind up and you think, "Where's my foot?" Five in the eye. Our final story this week uh, takes us to Southern California. Uh, there's a gentleman called Jeff Wrights of Huntington Beach who has now been certified, apparently, as a world record holder by the Guinness Book of Records after visiting Disneyland nearly 3,000 times in a row. To be precise, 2,995 times. You'd think that he could have managed the extra five, wouldn't you? Um, but maybe there was some particular You would think reason. so. Um, he, he couldn't quite clock up the three. He recognized him. That's what happened. They recognized uh, him finally. I'm sorry, in, Phil. Yeah? I was just telling I you when it all started, really Michael, back story. in 2012. Oh, yeah, tell me, tell me, tell me, Phil. Because he was, he was out of mm -hmm. work, um, and he and his friends had annual passes, and they thought it'd be fun to keep on returning. Um, and then um, it just kept going. And so you can make maybe, you know, if you start something like this, it becomes a little bit addictive. Well, if you if you if you think that you will have a chance of getting into the Guinness Book of Records for, you know, sweeping, you know, for how, how many times you sweep the floor, how many times you wear Mickey Mouse ears, how many times do you, you know, how many times do you take a picture with Donald Duck? I mean, it's it's um it's for people to get themselves on the map. That's it. And for him to even say it shows the kind of times we live in because i know there probably have been people who've gone to disneyland before three thousand times but they've not had anybody to tell to or any mechanism to say it so now you can say it and that's the age we're in right now so i'm sure somebody's going to try and beat this record because the record exists no, but, come on isn't this classic famous for 15 minutes He's no <laughs> No, no, not in these days, Michael, because there's too much else going on. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like it's too much. I mean, you can talk about a guy going to Disneyland for 3,000 times. Besides thinking he's a nutter, even in California, they would think it. Um, you know, the fact is, it's just it's just not crazy enough. Now, if he had actually entered Disneyland and attempted to be Mickey Mouse... 3,000 times. <laughs> that, that would have been, yeah, but that would have been something, you know, and his, and his attempts to elude the police. That would have been 
Really? That's a movie. I mean, that would have been an incredible I, I, thing I have, to do. I have this but someone actually—I have hmm. this kind of image of Groundhog Day here, though, because I mean, isn't it? I mean, I, I have to admit, I haven't been to any of the Disney parks, but I'm, I'm thinking mm. the same parade goes on every day, on the uh, Mickey Mouse greets you in the same place. Mm. And, uh, no, he uh, just goes past the thing, but that's it, you know. And 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 um, you know, somebody out there is going to beat this record. Somebody's going to do something in Disneyland that he hasn't done. And that's just how these things go. I would reckon somebody trying to enter Disneyland is Mickey Mouse and see how far they get. But, you know, it's, it's, that's a it's challenge or Walt you, Disney no, no. Or, or, the, or the ghost of Walt Disney, which is even better. Um, and, and you know, go into Disneyland. Bunny, Bunny, Disneyland. Oh, come on, man. This is, this, this guy, Disneyland. this guy's just, he's, he's living his dream. He's living his dream. And isn't that, isn't that a great thing today? You can live your dream visiting Disney every day. Now, to your point, he may be a bit mad. He may be upset. But it's his madness, his absurdness. And, and we well, said, you know, we it's okay. I mean, around. you asked me the question. I mean, if somebody said that to me, oh, I just broke the Guinness Book of Records for visiting Disneyland. Uh, first of all, one of, the big, one of the few times I've be rendered speechless from the absolute banality and also quite craziness of it. And then you, then way my mind works, I would ask, how did you enter? You know, how did you enter? Did you, did you dress up? Did you just go past the century or whatever? And that's how you counter the visit. You know, I would interrogate this person. Bonnie, Bonnie, I'm going to quote Lenin or I forget with Lenin or Stalin. Quantity has a quality all of its own. This is true. This so is true. Is. And I, Come I, I, on, man. I, this is true. And I'm sure the, the gulag thought that too. Five in the eye. That's it for another week. We may we may not have managed 3,000 trips to, to a Disney theme park, but we've notched up a staggering 400 shows. Thanks so much to our old friend Bonnie Greer for joining us for this important event. We'll be back again at the same time next week, so do join us then. For now, this is me, Mike Lohajuri, saying, as always... If you have been, thanks for listening. And this is Phil Woodford reminding you to keep an eye on the news, as you never know what we'll be discussing on next week's Five in the Eye. Goodbye. Five in the Eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new?